for Type 40, a Doctor Who podcast from the Spacebook for the Fandom Podcast Network with me, Dan Hadley, Birmingham's King of the Geeks and your designated driver for the next hour or so. And whether it's your first Type 40, your 31st or your 501st, yeah, you could be listening from the future and back. You could be River Song, in fact, couldn't you? All fellow travellers are welcome aboard our irreverent, non-gatekeeping, just straight-talking show. Whatever decade or century you started watching, reading or listening along to the astonishing adventures of the Time Lord, our hero, Doctor Who. We talk about it all on this show. Who knows where we'll end up in the history of the series. Whatever, all views are encouraged and we've even been known to have the odd laugh or two along the way. So come and step into our TARDIS, share this journey together here on Type 40. And I won't keep you waiting too long wondering where this time we're back in the present day or near enough for this edition of the show. The first of two Type 40s catching up with the recent Hooniverse happenings. Chance for me to reconnect with a couple of our regular voices. First of which belongs to the original Hoonatic, Simon Horton. Welcome back to Type 40. Well, hello, Dan. Thank you very much. It's uh, it's lovely to be back here. Here we are, a brand new year, and 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 we're kicking off again already. It's it's fantastic to be back. Yeah, yeah, because we do record these in sort of blocks, don't we? Then we go away, we think up some more ideas, things to inflict, I mean, things to serve you, and then we go back and make some more. That's how it works. Next time on Type 40, we have a couple of brand new voices to the show commenting on the latest new episode of Doctor Who itself. There's a teaser for that coming up a little bit later on, but... Last year, you made it clear, didn't you, that the Series 12 finale last March was pretty much it for you in that area for now, didn't you? You've not returned for the New Year special, but how was your New Year? What what did you watch instead of Doctor Who? Uh, i tell you what we watched, actually, Dan. It was The Greatest Showman, which which people keep on going on to me about, that I must watch The Greatest Showman. Yeah. And I'd saved this film up because I kind of thought, this is the kind of thing that you watch on New Year's Day, is, is, yeah. is, is a film like The Greatest Showman. So that's what we watched, and I have to say, thoroughly enjoyed it. And, and quite horrifyingly, I literally forgot that Doctor Who was on until right at the end of the evening. And I completely forgot that it was on, and so I never, I never even missed it. Never missed it. Yes, so I didn't watch it live either, and that is, it's a, it is a strange feeling, but not necessarily a negative one, you know, because I was in a very similar place to you. I found it quite liberating, and, uh, you know, I'm happy for the people who were still on board, for them to be there and to enjoy it. But yeah, I mean, a couple of hours in the company of, of Hugh Jackman, in your case, instead. There's a name that keeps cropping up for possible future movie doctor. He's Australian, isn't he, Hugh? And he can do plenty of accents. Where do you stand on international doctors? Uh, I have absolutely no problem at all with international doctors. I can still remember, you know, I'm old enough to remember all the rumours that were going around for many, many years that it was going to be Donald Sutherland. And I think he would have made an absolutely stunning doctor. Um, so I have absolutely no problem whatsoever on international doctors. But there is also a part of me that thinks, yeah, but the thing, one of the things about Doctor Who is it is, as, as, as is so often said, it is very, very British. Um, and so... Whilst I personally don't have a problem against international doctors, I do look at it and think it would change fundamentally the feel of the series. It would turn it into something different. Would that be a good thing? Uh, maybe not. So I, I probably err on the side of caution and I think, no, let's just stick with the British doctor because that's what works and that's what makes the, the, the programme feel what, it, what it's always felt for these past decades. So no, I, I probably stick British. Because obviously Hugh Jackman, being Australian, part of the Commonwealth, he's still subject of the Queen, isn't he? So, and, and he's and he's a very good English accent. Let's be honest. I mean, he doesn't sound Australian when he's in uh, he's in a lot of films. He doesn't sound Australian, so he could certainly get away with it. So, is that right though? Then, do we start asking a, 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 an international actor to play with an English accent? I uh, yeah. It's only one step away from asking David Tennant, I suppose, to lose the Scots accent and do the Estuary accent. Which I always think was a mistake. I always think they should have stuck with a Scottish accent, personally, but there we go. Yeah, let us know what you think. Get in touch, type40 at gmail.com or Instagram and Twitter, type40Doctor Who. It's a subject I've noticed that gets sort of wafted up into the ether, specifically at these times, sort of connects really with what we've got to talk about today. The truth of the matter is, Simon, even though you and I, we're not as invested at the moment in the present era, we're still very much invested in Doctor Who. 
And forever much that we may moan or groan about modern life in the 21st century sometimes. Perhaps one of the good things about 21st century media and the term franchises is that we don't have to consume absolutely everything, do we? The ongoing TV series Doctor Who is just one side to Doctor Who, the brand in inverted commas. It's a fictional universe and a place each of us go to. And we've got every right, haven't we? If it's our place, we've got every right to make it a happy place and to furnish it with whichever version of the show, or versions of, we're the most comfortable with. Yeah, I think that's, that's totally fair enough. I, the, 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 one of the things that I love about Doctor Who is that there are so many different styles throughout the decades that you really can cherry pick. There are, there are people out there I know that love every single second that has ever gone out under the banner of Doctor Who. I think you probably find that most people have eras that they don't feel as invested in and they don't feel as connected with and so they're going to obviously fall back on those mine are mine are anything sort of pre um well pre sylvester mccoy in all honesty that was when i started to lose my way with doctor who was with sylvester mccoy and it's never really recovered i i i I can see what there is to enjoy in everything from sylvester mccoy onwards but it doesn't float my boat in the same way that everything before sylvester mccoy does so so absolutely we we pick and choose, don't we? We select what what Doctor Who works best for us and what resonates with us and what pushes our buttons and and, and connects with us on a, on a, on a quite a well quite a deep level. I think, in all honesty, in my in my youth, in in years past, I used to get a little bit affronted by by some of that and think, how can they think this? How can they think that? Now I find it quite delightful. I, quite recently I was speaking to somebody who considers that it's all been downhill since the New Adventures Virgin novels of the 1990s, because that's how they found Doctor Who, through print and through those books particularly. And for them, that is still Doctor Who. Those books, those 50 or so books a really idiosyncratic version of Doctor Who branched out of one, out of the McCoy era, and ultimately had its own kind of conclusion, but it sort of bled through into Big Finish or whatever. So it just goes to show, I wouldn't say there's no canon. There is, there is a canon, and I think that we should be objective about that, but how we furnish the rest of it to suit ourselves when we wish to put our feet up and escape into Doctor Who, that you know we have every right to make that as comfy and to, to fluff our own pillows and uh, make sure we're comfortable ourselves. And nobody should judge anybody else for any of that. And however you savour Doctor Who, whichever quadrants of it, and whoever's your Doctor, Type 40 is here to be your companion. Each and every edition of this show, past, present and future, is a tap or two away if you know where to look. There's details about all of that coming up a little bit later on. As well as a trip to the Matrix of all knowledge, that's the Fandom Podcast Network, to hear about all those other fabulous shows with Kyle Wagner and everybody else over there. Yes, in the wake of the New Year's special, and before I'd even seen Revolution of the Daleks itself, Doctor Who became the subject of renewed speculation and rumour, generating arguably more mainstream attention than in some years now, and as always under the microscopic gaze of us in the dedicated fandom. It's been raining quite a long time. I caught up with our Sarah Graham, starry-eyed girl, to share a party cake and weigh up what could be waiting for us all at the end of the rainbow. How could we not comment, comment, comment on this? How could we not comment on the story that everybody in Doctor Who fandom is talking about, that the newspapers are talking about, that you're probably talking about, and thinking about, maybe even smiling about? It's just a guess. I suspect that you, like, I'd say it's three quarters of Doctor Who fandom, are smiling at this news. Because it isn't news yet, it is still just a rumour. Here to talk about it with me. She's here. Yes, it's a story-eyed girl, Sarah Graham. Hello, Sarah. (laughs) Oh, what a brilliant start to the... (laughs) Try and contain your glee. (laughs) So, yes, first of all, how are you generally? Okay. I'm doing okay. Um, <laughs> it is what it is, but thankfully we got this little, I don't want to say gift, but the promise of a gift, shall we say that? <laughs> Keep it close to your heart. I want to believe. I am a believer. <laughs> I tell you what, I mean, everybody knows what we're, what we're talking about. 
already just the very idea that this long dark tunnel that we could be reaching the end it's just like a massive weight lifting off me and it's not a weight that's been there in its entirety for the whole of the last three years it's a weight that i've gradually felt bear more and more and more the longer that that she has stayed in this role which she is completely unsuited to that much is very very clear by now but not only that the longer that the ideology, the editorial standpoint, and the beating us around the head with mm-hmm. with whatever they want to that particular week, the longer that persists, the more I just don't want to watch this show anymore, mm-hmm. Sarah. And, you know, okay, Doctor Who is about more than a TV show. You know, we've been saying this. That's what Type 40 is all about. We say this constantly. But even so, we all want to want to watch the show, don't we? Yeah. And, I mean... You know, this festive special, nothing festive about it. It's the first one that I've not watched. Um, I just couldn't bring myself to watch it. And everything that I've heard so far, I feel completely justified in it. You know, I could go to the trouble to torrent it, you know, go find it another means. I don't, I don't. I just don't care. I'm not interested. I've spoken about this on air before. You know, I gave up my TV licence last year. And I don't regret it at all. I'm certainly not going to go and get a TV license again just to watch an hour of something, which, let's face it, mm. odds are I'm going. To, I'm not going to like it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the same. You know, I cancelled mine. It's not worth it. And, you know, season 13, I mean, we'll get onto that, I'm sure, later in the conversation. But, you know, it, it's, it's not worth it. It's not worth me, you know, reapplying for it and paying for it and giving them more money for this garbage. How I feel about it, Sarah, is that I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. That'll be a decision I make at the time. And, you know, obviously family members have still got TV licences and whatnot. New Year's Day, why get a brand new year off to a miserable start? That's the simple decision that I had to make, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't come regret it. the year that we've had... We wanted something bright, fun, you know, escapism. Yeah. But of course, this isn't, you know, this isn't what we're going to get from Chibnall. And I know that because it wasn't, you know, a recently filmed thing. It was filmed alongside Series 12. So I knew it was just going to be more of the same. Why put yourself through that? There's plenty of other things. You can watch, you know, go and watch The Mandalorian, go and watch Cobra Kai. <laughs> Exactly that, and that's exactly what I did. Yeah, why would I watch that when Cobra Kai had dropped that mm-hmm. very day? Come <laughs> on, get real. You know, if you, you want televisual joy, you know, I could, you know, I've joked about this. Some of what mm-hmm. I've just said, I was being deliberately playful. You know, it wasn't an easy decision for me to, to for me to make, and it wasn't an easy habit to break either. Mm-hmm. That compulsion, that want to support this brand and this show that has and you know sarah i've been saying this since 2018 because i've never supported the idea of the doctor changing gender i always felt it was a gimmick and Mm. surprise surprise i feel completely vindicated in that they have used it they've certainly Mm. used it as a gimmick my attitude about it from 2018 onwards was that you know what Mm. this show's been good to me it's given me so much over the decades maybe i should find it within me to extend that generosity and to push through it and to show up to support my team the way that you would a struggling, uh, uh, say a football team that had been battened down from the Premier League to Division One, then Division Two, and was constantly falling, failing and falling in its fortunes. You'd still go and show up for it, wouldn't you, Sarah? Yeah, well, I mean, that's, I, mean I felt the same. I always felt like the Doctor should stay male. Um, but, you know, it was filmed in my hometown. You know, I've said this many times. Jodie's a Yorkshire woman like myself. I thought, you know, I'll, there's some loyalty there. It's a loyalty to the show. I will give it a chance. And I was getting to the point where I was tuning in every week just out of habit and thinking, it's got to get better. Maybe next week it'll get better. <laughs> you know, maybe next week she'll get a moment, you know. And then it was, yep. you know, maybe this season it'll happen. Yep. And it's just, you know, we've gone with two series in now. Yeah. And now it's like, no, I can't keep doing this to myself. But, you know, I don't get it. I would, you know, I'd never call anybody out for watching it when it's been part of your life for as long as it is. 
you don't feel that loyalty to the show where you know whatever happens yeah. to it and I, and I don't I feel sorry for all the people that tuned in and have been disappointed yes and invested invested so wholeheartedly in mm -hmm. it I mean a lot of the times to obsessive quotas and they've resorted to really some quite extreme behavior to mm -hmm. defend this present production team this present cast and to hold that line even in the mm -hmm. face of in the face of absolute and complete and utter failure it's unarguable and yet there are people this very day insisting you know that this is that this person that this era it has made a difference it has defined this it has given people hope it's been a shining light we were all watching we were all there we saw they were watching something different to us i mean you know what? i'm happy for them watching with their eyes closed i, I can't see it <laughs> If, if, I'm sure if you watch Doctor Who with your eyes closed and your fingers in your ears, and you've been mm -hmm. doing so since autumn 2018, it's probably been amazing. But in reality, it's just been deathly disappointing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, the longer it's gone on, really, the uh, the more it sort of made your ears bleed with its absolutely infuriating promotion of partisan politics, a very specific ideology and in telling us which side of the aisle the good people should be on even going so far as to break the fourth wall to tell us to have our hero supposedly tell mm. us how horrible we are mm. no 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 people started dropping off with this from week four from arachnids in the uk week four of series 11 and they clearly never, never went back. It's, and inter it's interesting that you bring that up, Dan, because one of the most, you know, the things that I've been laughing at the most is the fact that they've chosen this festive special to harken back yep. to one of the characters from that episode. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a reminder of all the things you hated the most. <laughs> the guy back in who, who basically, they, they used him to symbolise the whole of, of the American population uh, to tar everybody with this. It was, uh, yeah, we're used to them do on the BBC. We are used to the BBC doing that to the British viewing public, but to mm -hmm. actively do that to an international audience and our biggest international supporter. We are with many friends of the show and friends of ours in, in that territory in North mm -hmm. America and to specific, specifically target them to target you. And understandably, the American viewers, they did not take kindly to it. And that was when the rock really started with them. But mm -hmm. I think also, I think that was when the show, when Chris Chibnall's Doctor Who, that week, week four, was when he took the crutches away for his vision of the show to gain its footing. Because let's face it, you know, the Rosa thing, that, well, you know, and I won't go into, into that again. I expect you don't want to either. Whatever you think of Rosa, it was probably the last time that the general public actually talked. There was a conversation around Doctor Who, a potentially productive conversation. If that was the last time Doctor Who felt like it mattered. And for week, from week four onwards, it's just sank further and further and further. And so to bring him back for that special, along with uh, men the mental health angle, I haven't seen it, so I don't know where it went in the end. But I mean, you know, when I when I see it, I'm, I'm going to be looking for it now because you know, when we reviewed "Can You Hear Me," the series twelve episode, mm -hmm. that that was again totally tone deaf, uh, very crude in the way that it that it uh, approached that subject matter, and just like with uh, with Mr. Big Trump in Arachnids in the UK, it got a massive amount of complaints, didn't it, Sarah? Yeah. So again, you know, yeah reference can you hear me again that was such another winner Chibnall. yeah yeah i tell you it's, it's uh, to bring together all the things that we hated the most mm -hmm. and understandably you know we hung in there for all of series 12 as i would imagine that a great many of you did too we were in the trenches <laughs> <laughs> we were we were taking the bullets we were taking the fire uh, but there was by by the finale yeah i mean to be honest even just before the finale i was pretty much done but the finale really pushed us over the edge and the last 10 months it's been Doctor Who for me personally Sarah it's been what I have found within myself to enjoy with yourself with our other friends here mm -hmm. on Type 40 and Type 40 Live 
and uh, yeah, to sort of reconnect with my fandom the way that I did in the 90s. How, how have you got through the last 10 months? Get the same thing, you know, doing these streams and, you know, the podcasts and going on other people's streams, making friends. Uh, I've been reconnecting with Classic Who recently. Um, I've been looking at um, a lot of Bob Holmes stuff and that's made me so happy because yeah. it's good Who. It, it's escapism. It's putting a smile on my face. Yeah. It's yeah. it's keeping me going. Um, on the countdown to Christmas, Ari watched the Christmas specials of New Who. Uh, I, did, I didn't watch Twice Upon a Time. I, <laughs> I love that one. But yeah, all those all those specials, you know, to remind yourself of of cozy Christmases past and the things that we liked about the show. You've got to use the tools which we've been left with, haven't, haven't you? That's mm-hmm. how I've looked at it. I've been reveling in in Doctor Who fandom's creative side creative projects, both things that have been published professionally and the expanded universe stuff. Big finish, there's been some great big finish stuff this year. I know that some some in the fandom really don't agree. You know, been at the other end of the spectrum. I think I've been quite lucky. I must I've cherry picked and I've picked the good stuff. So I've enjoyed that. But I've also enjoyed several things that are going on on for all that I say about Twitter. Twitter has got this wonderful creative side. Lots of people mm-hmm. doing really interesting things over there. Clayton Hickman, if you're out there, for example, and uh, and the account, the account Doctor Who 1980. So it's mostly based on old stuff. But mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I've been enjoying all that. Coming to terms, I think, Sarah, with what Doctor Who was going to have to mean to me for the foreseeable yeah. future, uh, and coming to terms with it, and, and that plus making that decision as we both did a couple of days ago. With the best will in the world, uh, and uh, and with no malice, you know, for all that we say about Chris Chibnall, no malice, just to let it be. So it felt like um, a bereavement in a way. Yeah. It, it, you know, when you get to that stage, you get to that point where you can't bear to see anything because it'll remind you of it, and then you know, you, you give it some space, and then tentatively. You, know, you start to remember things, and you remember the good things. Yeah, and I think that's. I mean, I think I feel like that. I'm in my, that stage now where it's, you know, I can rewatch what came before, and it doesn't upset. Yeah, me too. I can still enjoy it, and I'm and I'm even more appreciative. I think as well. Uh, you know the memories that I do have, um, but yeah, so that's how I feel like I'm dealing with it. Uh, but it is hard. Uh, well, you know, when it's been with you for so long, and it isn't just a TV show. I hate that argument. It really isn't. It's... Yeah, I completely agree with you. I had to talk with somebody about that the other day. I don't have it out with people who were mm-hmm. no laughing at the back. I don't have it out with people <laughs> very often. But I was told very fiercely by this guy, who mm-hmm. who is you know he's been at the fandom for several years. That it is you know, it's just a TV show. If if you genuinely believe that, then you know you I just can't relate to that at all. And, if, and, if you really believe that, then you're not a true geek. It's something that's in your blood, you know. You, it's it's a it, yeah, it's a lifestyle. Sarah, I can accept that something is just a TV show to anybody. You know, certainly to the to the man or woman in the street. And mm-hmm. to be fair, if people decide that, you know, how much they're into the fandom, if they want to come and hang out with a bunch of Doctor Who fans on Facebook, for example, for an hour a week and, and skim through a group, that's fine. That's fine. If it, that's all it means to you, that's fine. But don't think that your personal connection with the show or the fandom is the only healthy one to have, the only reasonable one to have, and is completely universal because it really isn't. It means different things to different people, which has been the problem with... I think that's what Chris Chibnall doesn't understand, and that's why this era doesn't work. That's why Jodie Whittaker's interpretation of the character doesn't work either. It's this fundamental misunderstanding of the job in front of them, the task at hand, the business model, and the place in popular culture that Doctor Who occupies. And it's effectively, yeah, it's, well, the entire House of Cards has come tumbling down. Well, it wasn't a House of Cards, was it, come to think of it? It was fairly sturdy. It became an empty shell the moment that Chibnall came. Well, both of them, because I know a lot of people have been saying it's not Jodie's fault. Yeah, she's not entirely blameless. I, I do see her as a double act with Chibnall. You know, the, the friends, they've got this, you know, the political beliefs align. 
she's not blameless at all. Um, she's nearly, she's a grown woman. She's nearly 40 years of age, age and she's been acting for over two decades. If she doesn't know when she's not getting there, when it's not happening, then she's either in the wrong line of work or she's got the wrong people around her. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, and, and th she's got a tongue in her head. She should ask for help, ask for coaching, mm -hmm. ask for the scripts to be looked at again. Christ mm -hmm. knows they've had enough time to, making yeah. 10 episodes of, you know, they've, they've had the time to put the work in. And they are, a, for all, all that I can see, this is one lazy production team. And Chris Chibnall mm -hmm. is the very worst showrunner on British TV, maybe even world TV. But, <laughs> apart from that, I don't care. <laughs> I would put him second because for me, it's Alex Kurtzman. That's only because he's managed to do it with two, you know, he's in it with just on the card. That's <laughs> a fair comment. Jim Bill is nearly there, isn't it? You know, it's timeless children. It's like neck and neck now. <laughs> Things have started to look up, though. This is how it broke. Doctor Who star Jodie Whittaker quits. That's a typical sort of tabloidy word, isn't it? Quits mm -hmm. after three years as Time Lord. Doctor Who bosses are planning for the Time Lord's 14th regeneration after Jodie Whittaker decided she will leave after the next series, which airs in the autumn later this year. And they go on to say all the usual bump where they talk around their hat for a little while before giving us the, the, the perennial, mysterious insider's view. It's all very hush-hush. But it is known on set that Jodie is leaving and they are gearing up for a regeneration here. Her departure is top secret, but at some point over the coming months, the arrival of the 14th Doctor will need to be filmed. It's all very exciting. Mm -hmm. You're telling me. I, I got ridiculously excited <laughs> reading this. I got tipped off about it a few hours earlier, but I turned off my mm -hmm. Wi-Fi. You know, you know who you are who sent me who sent me the heads up that this was coming. I do appreciate it. it is, yeah, <laughs> my, I was off the ball a little. But, I, well, I got the oh tip off, but I was already asleep. It's still yet to be confirmed. I mean, it's yes. looking more and more like, and the longer the BBC leaves it, which is what they tend to do. I mean, you know, even the Radio Times, yeah, I've mentioned it. Uh, but I have got, I have got a little bottle of bubble here for when oh. it is confirmed. <laughs> this is this is the little one because obviously Jodie's only part of the problem. Yes, yes. And then I've got my big champagne uh, for when Chip. Yay! <laughs> which I'll be saving. I like your style. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sarah. Yeah, I mean, the fact is that this is presently, this is, hasn't been confirmed by anybody. It is just a rumor. But, and it's a rumor we've heard before, but I think this time, because last, late last summer, we did hear this. You know, certain people out there in the fandom believe this to be true. It got out, it was flat denied at the yeah. time. But this time, this time, nobody's denying this at mm -hmm. Radio Times. Hugh Fullerton reached out directly to them to say, you know, what, what's going on? Is there any truth in this? Yeah. They replied, but only with a non-reply. With a, you yeah. know, we, refused, we refused to comment at this time. Now, before last, last year, we got a flat denial yeah. to this. Now we've gotten the refusal to comment. Now that, call me an optimist. <clears> to, <throat> me, yeah. to me, that points in one direction and that this could be true. So the question is, Sarah, I'm inclined to believe this. You know, I've, I've been on social media and there are people saying, oh, if it came from a reputable source, I may believe it. How many times do the Mirror need to get this stuff right? Time mm -hmm. after time after time, the Daily Mirror have got this right. In fact, I can only think of one time they got it wrong, and that was when they take, they'd taken a story off Gallifrey base. Mm -hmm. Every other time, and, and you know, they did credit fan source, but every other time when it's been from, from this insider... It's been proven to be bang on. So I'm inclined to believe this, Sarah. What are your thoughts? Why do you think it feels different this time? Oh, that's a bit of a point. Didn't mean to. <laughs> feels different this time. No, no I, do, I, I, I do believe it's true. And that's not just because I want it to be true. It, you know, it's a combination of things, you know. Yeah. It, it's the three years. My, my um, thought was that whether she was good or bad, especially if she was bad, which, you know, she is, yep. it's, they were going to spin it out to three years so they can say, 
oh, she's not the worst doctor in the world because she's done the same as Troughton <laughs> and you know, Davison and Matt Smith and everybody else, you know, this three-year rule, you know, basically to save face. Yeah, it is quite, and also because of the time with the contracts running out, they're clearly not being renewed. Um, I'm more interested in, uh, is she quitting or was she made to, you know, she sent a packing orders that's what i'd like well uh, earlier on in the autumn jodie Whittaker was interviewed and i'm not really sure when this interview had taken place because obviously a lot of the promotional work a lot of the publicity work for this special was done months and months ago when mm -hmm. it, you know when it was filmed they they do a lot of it on set or, or really close afterwards, because you know, that's the nature of making television, and isn't it? This cast, mm -hmm. cast of TV shows, they often separate and go off and do other things, so they can't mm -hmm. get them together for these things. But uh, it, during the autumn, they had that big launch for HBO Max, mm -hmm. and so they they had got Jodie and Bradley Walsh, and I think Madlib Gill. They they did get them all together, and we did we did get a quote from her about it, which was something like, "To even question an endpoint." to Doctor Who would be too upsetting. She told the Daily Telegraph this was, I had the idea that fame from Doctor Who would be like that Notting Hill image of Rhys Evans. Uh, that's when he opens the door in front of the hordes of paparazzi. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't. If you bump into a, into a Whovian, it genuinely makes both your days. And then she talked around her hat for a little while and said the kind of things, perfectly pleasant things. But she said that the idea of leaving the role behind was was too difficult to think about, and she wasn't looking at, looking at other roles for the time being. But a lot of things can change was in a short was, period of time. This was recorded in 2019, then? This? Yeah. This special was filmed in 2019. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so, well, you know, a lot can happen in two years. A lot can happen in a year, let's face because, it. Yeah. Because they thought that when Series 12 came came along, they thought that that would solidify this take on Doctor Who and specifically mm -hmm. this lead with the viewing public and they would really sort of mark out their version of Doctor You know, because they started to bring in the elements from past Doctor Who, didn't they? Mm -hmm. So they were obviously yeah. very confident with what they were doing and they thought that, that was going to seal the deal. But it didn't. The ratings, you know, that's the thing. It, the ratings slid off the proverbial cliff. It was an absolute and total disaster. It became a standing joke as the most PC show on TV. Her mm -hmm. performance flailed around more clueless than ever. She was getting worse as she was going along, not better. Mm -hmm. And by April, the viewing public were totally over it. The fandom, even people who boarded the show with Jodie Whittaker, were completely over it. They didn't want to know. So the idea that that it hasn't made a difference, it hasn't shaped their decisions along the way, of course it, it must have done. Now, I did, I did read, and this is another thing that gets to me, of course, the, the one episode that I point in my life after 44 years where I decide I'm not going to watch Doctor Who with Revolution of the Daleks, where I'm out, I'm done, they introduce a new companion and call it Dan. What's going on? <laughs> I thought of that. Come on, Chris. What, what can I say? Chris, Matt, Piers, a Christmas card would have done. I would have accepted a book voucher or whatever. I didn't have to do that just for me. But yeah, that when I heard about John Bishop being casted as the new companion, apparently they spoke to him well before lockdown, which means that it was well before series. 12 had finished so whether whether it was a success or a failure it was a massive failure whether it was a success or a failure all this was going to come to pass anyway and i believe that all we are seeing is the the fulfilling of contractual obligations i think it's yeah. that, I think it's oh, that it's simple a, i do you know what i actually laughed when i heard about john bishop now nothing against john bishop no he's a nice guy he's an all right canadian you know he's got a personality but it was just is not exactly a national name. And and it just brought me back to can you remember when they were gearing up for the promotion with Spyfall and they had them announcements and you had to stay up for them and it would announce in Stephen Fry and Lenny Henry. <laughs> and I was like, all right, Stephen Fry. I was like, oh the heck, now's Lenny Henry out of the UK. If you haven't worked out that Lenny Henry was a dead cert to be 
in Doctor Who under Chibnall's watch after having been in Broadchurch. Everybody yeah. else from Broadchurch has been in Doctor Who under Chibnall. It was yeah. always going to happen. But yes, he's not, generally speaking, what you would call a name. John Bishop is not going to save Doctor Who. Captain Jack couldn't save Doctor Who. Bradley Walsh is a national treasure. He couldn't save Doctor yeah. Who. But by people all love, means... yeah, people love that guy, but they didn't want to watch him in Doctor Who. Otherwise, um, they would have done. And I think John Bishop is exactly the same. He can he can sell out a, a stand up tour, a modest stand up tour. He's no Peter Kay, but he can sell out a stand up tour. He mm. I say he's a perfectly nice guy. He's made me laugh for a time or two, which yeah. is no mean feat. I'm a miserable son. So that's, you know, well done, John. And, you know, I'm sure he'll be okay. But as always, it, it, as the problem with Bradley, that Bradley Walsh found, it depends on the material. Yeah, I don't really see how it's going to get any better. The BBC have no confidence in a show just with Jodie Whittaker and Mandit Gill that they needed to bring somebody yeah. else in. How I look at it, somebody like John Bishop is a very, very busy man. Just like Bradley Walsh before him, he is mm -hmm. not going to have signed up indefinitely for this show. His no. arrival in the cast, the regular cast of Doctor Who, just like Matt Lucas, to me, yeah. signifies the fact that that's a short-term contract. We know that Jodie Whittaker was contracted for two years. My, This is purely my gut instinct. Actually, nobody's told me this. But it makes sense to me that her contract has been extended for these eight episodes. They mm -hmm. booked John Bishop for these eight episodes. Uh, Chris Chibnall, I know that originally that Chris Chibnall was only supposed to be around for, it's slightly different isn't it because obviously he's in a role for a set period of time regardless of how much Doctor Who he produces he is the showrunner of Doctor Who for a set time and they decide how much Doctor Who they commission from him that's that's how it works isn't it I think so, well I thought and didn't he sign a five year contract Sounds so if, feasible. So if you sign that in 2017, then that it would mean his contract ends. Twenty. Sarah, Sarah, do you want the even better news? Go on. Chris Chibnall's been in this role since 2016. Has he really? Yeah, he started work on this before Series 10 was shown. Oh, that's so, even better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've got every reason to be confident that with the John Bishop, Bishop situation, with the Jodie Whittaker contract situation, I find it very difficult to believe that this actress would, would sign up potentially for another two or three years in this role because, you know, times times have changed. Mm -hmm. And before Doctor Who, you know, I always liked Jodie Whittaker as an actress before Doctor Who. My guess is that her career has taken a big hit from being in this role, from being seen to publicly fail like this. Yes. And I think if she's to stand a chance of having a career after Doctor Who, she does need to get out now. So my instinct is it is all over. I've been saying this for months anyway. After these eight episodes, John Bishop's casting, to me, would underline that. People, friends of ours have said, this is all well and good, and we're happy that she's probably going. But nothing will be fixed unless Chris Chibnall goes too. How did you feel about that? Yeah, um, yeah, I agree, absolutely. It's, to let Jodie go in, it's just, you know, like, uh, I mentioned it in one of my comments, you know, it's like spraying weed killer on a weed and just, you know, <laughs> getting the leaves. You've got to get down to the roots and the roots is Chris Chibnall. But then it's also the entire philosophy with the BBC, so I mean, even it depends who they get in afterwards. If they get anybody in, my gut feeling is there'll be a 60th anniversary special, and then it will be rested, and maybe that's not such a bad thing. No, I'm inclined to agree. I think the part of the problem with this is when you go cap in hand to a creative, which they did to Chris Chibnall. Mm -hmm. They didn't know what to do with this show once Stephen Moffat was leaving. I mean, they persuaded Stephen to stay on for a further year, and, and God bless him, he did. You know, he's very much in demand. Writer uh, loves Doctor Who, and he does love the fandom, even if we are, <laughs> don't always love him back. Uh, but he stayed with it for the show. He made the the last Christmas special for the show for love of Doctor Who. Oh, yeah, I know they paid him a few quid, but he mm -hmm. he wouldn't have done it unless he'd have wanted to. And, and unless he was thinking of a bigger picture. Mm. But with uh, with Chris Chibnall, I think it's different. I think it's completely and utterly a, a totally different kettle of fish. And let's be honest, the perception of this show, the, 
the business model, what this brand is worth now, just a few years later, significantly less. Everything has changed. Yeah. And I think that the public probably needed to take a rest. I think the BBC need to take the time, potentially take the time, to find the right people, the right showrunner, and to look properly, not just to look around in the same click, the same bunch of people for the one that they haven't given a job to yet. I think there are lots of people potentially out there, male and female writers, who would do amazing things with this show, with this format, and would serve this audience beautifully and with taste mm -hmm. and with dignity and well, with respect. I don't, if they had any sense, they would um, offer it to Pete McTee. To Pete McTee or Pete McTee, I don't know how you say it. Um, because the only episode that I watched more than once was his one, the Kablam one. And But then the stuff that he's done for the Blu-rays, you know, the little promotions that yeah. he's done for the classic Blu-rays have just been absolutely beautiful. It, he also did write Praxius. Yeah. yeah, the episode that sent me to sleep. <laughs> sorry, sorry, please. Generally, generally he, you know, he's a Doctor Who fan. Yeah. He's got experience show running because he did uh, Wentworth. And he's in a couple of other shows, I think, as well. Um, yeah, I think he started on the Doctor, the Doctor Blake mysteries, which my my mum, she loves Doctor Blake. Yeah. <laughs> you, you need to have that marriage of showrunning experience and you know i think you do need to be a with, with genre you've got to be a fan you've got to have that fan experience that you know that fan perspective um you need that connection and i think that's what chibnall's mission that missing there's, there's no connection i mean even when you when you see his columns in doctor magazine which are few and far between it just moans in him. It's so boring. It is. It is really, really strange. It's like reading the, a letter to an agony aunt in some sort of tabloid newspaper or silly yeah. magazine. It's very, very strange. It's, it's as if he wants to feel sympathy for him for his three his three figure salary and no dream job. I, I, no, I don't have sympathy for anyone <laughs> <laughs> because the, you know they knew what they were getting into. They've been well paid for it. Jody got the same salary as Peter Capaldi did, even though Peter Capaldi did 40 episodes, and that's not including his appearance, you know, at the end of Time of the Doctor, in Day of the Doctor and in yeah. class. Whereas Georgie, if, when she's finished, she'll have only done 30. She's not at the quantity. She's certainly not at the quality. You know, so well, well done there, Georgie. You know, she's, she's going to be fine. She's well done <laughs> for, you know, getting paid same amount as Capaldi for doing crap. <laughs> for, doing, for doing a job pretty much part-time and to, to a mediocre standard. I, I completely agree. We've got to take a quick break now, put another brew on. We're duty-bound to remind you that Type 40, a Doctor Who podcast, is a space production for the Fantastic Fandom Podcast Network, a universe of entertainment not that far away. And we'd be letting you down if we didn't fill your ears with talk of all the other fabulous shows over there. Here's a few words about all of that that meet us back here for more about the current rumours surrounding Doctor Who. Thank you for listening. We hope you're enjoying this podcast. We like to continue to feed your ears by inviting you to listen to the Fandom Podcast Network and all of the other awesome shows we have to offer. It starts with our flagship show, Culture Clash, our weekly pop culture news podcast. Blood of Kings, our Highlander podcast. Couch Potato Theater, our podcast celebrating our favorite movies. Time Warp. The Fandom Flashback Podcast, discussing a year in movies and our favorite pop culture topics. Enzo, the NFL Podcast. Good Evening, an Alfred Hitchcock Podcast. Union Federation, our Star Trek and Orville Podcast. Hair Metal, the 80s and early 90s Rock Metal Podcast. Type 40, our Doctor Who Podcast. Lethal Mullet, a 1980s and 90s action film podcast. What a Piece of Junk, a Star Wars Podcast. And our newest show, Making Treks, a new Star Trek podcast with a deep dive into the final frontier with host Mark Newbold and Adam P. O'Brien. You can enjoy all of these great Fandom Podcast Network shows on our master feed at fpnet.podbean.com. Fandom Podcast Network is also on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, 
Google Play, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. You can also find us on Facebook under Fandom Podcast Network. You can also email us at fandompodcastnetwork at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter under Fandom Podcast Network. Thank you for listening, and remember, respect others and enjoy your fandom. Yes, we've teased and tantalized you there, now let us clothe you too. Head over to tpublic.com, search for the Fandom Podcast Network, and you'll find a store full of the team colours for all those shows on t-shirts, hats, mugs, and a TARDIS full of other items. Treat yourself, treat your other selves, and it all goes to support the network continuing to fill your ears with 100% fabulous fandom goodness. Speculation is rife about who's going to take the role afterwards. I think it'll be a very long time until we have a 14th Doctor, until we have a new version of the show. And, and this is whether, whether Chris Chibnall's in place or not. I can't see... It simply can't come out of the gate that quickly because they're, they're having enough problems filming this series, which, you know, and this is no slight on the production team. We are in the, in the middle of a pandemic. These are unprecedented times. It's, mm-hmm. I understand it's difficult for them to make it. That's cool. So how can they potentially start putting things into place for a Series 14 when they're not even sure when they'll be able to finish making just these eight episodes? They, For all we know, Sarah, they could be making these right down to the line. In fact, I would, I would say that the real reason why they've been squashed from 11 down to 8 is simply because that's all that Jodie Whittaker was ever going to do anyway. They've got yeah. a reduced period of time. She's on to her next job. She's probably contractually ob- obligated to it already because mm-hmm. any agent worth their salt will have got her the next job afterwards. Yeah. That happened for Tosin Cole. That was sorted out for Tosin. Yeah. Good luck at the new job, by the way, Tosin. I'm sure you know. way better. Uh, so I think it's bound to happen with Jodie as well. They know how long they've got her for. And they think, okay, can we film 11 episodes in that time? Odds are not. Can we get eight together? Yeah. So we'll, we'll lose that script or use that, lose that script. We'll condense it down and give, we know that we can guarantee we can give people that. I mean, for all we know, that could be out the window now again because we've had another lockdown. In fact, we've had two more lockdowns since then. Mm-hmm. It's going to send everything up in the air. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're insisting it's going to be broadcast next autumn. Uh, I don't know. They could show it in chunks, I suppose, couldn't they, Sarah? Well, I heard that it what was it seven episodes plus another special. Another special, yeah. She will go out in that, go out on that special. I'll I consider actually watching that one. <laughs> Can you imagine though the regeneration? I mean, well, I am imagining. <laughs> well, no, because usually there's like there's some flashback to like a really beautiful moment with a companion. And yeah, you know, you know, like that's me. <laughs> they were like, she'll be there, getting ready to burst into flames. And you know, Bradley Walsh is going to walk down the stairs and the tide to go. Thank yes. you. Yes. Do you Thank know what's going to happen? For completely ignoring me when I needed you. <laughs> that's what's going to happen. She'll be about to about to reach the look up the stairs, and Bradley Walsh, as Gray and whatever his name is, will walk in and go, "All right, cockle," and and, <laughs> and she'll say to him. She'll say, Graham, Graham, I, I'm regenerating again. I'm really, really scared. I don't know what to do. And he'll say, can't help you, love. I'm socially awkward. <laughs> yeah. And then he'll do one. And I won't blame And then she'll burst into flames. And the nation, the fandom, will cheer. Yes, make it happen, Chris. This is it. You can have that one for free, Chris. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> let's, give, let's give Sarah a moment. <laughs> We shouldn't laugh. We shouldn't laugh. I think stranger things have, have happened. I think that, that is beautiful. I oh. think that, that's award winning. <laughs> a little tear. Just a little tear there. I do care. I do still care after all. Oh, dear. There, I mean, yes, this story's not going to go away. <laughs> I'm sorry. And for all the people out there who are upset that she's leaving, of course I get that. I have a heart. Yeah. I may have two, but I have a heart. I get it. There are people, some, a fraction of the fandom, who genuinely like what she's done and have enjoyed it. And I can, you know, I can find enough within me to say, yeah, I'm sorry, you're, yeah. you're losing your doctor. And I hope you enjoy the next one. I hope there's something, I hope you're served better by the next one. You stick with the show. There are some that have joined 
not many, but there are some that I've joined because, you know, there was a female doctor and I feel bad for them that, like you said, they weren't served. It's just been yeah. one disappointment after another and the entire experiment's been a failure when a, a female doctor could have worked. Oh, yeah, I, I didn't like it personally, but I mean, like Missy, I didn't like the idea of Missy being the master, but the good writing and Michelle Gomez convinced me over the three years, you know, in the, she, I thought she was amazing in series 10 and she, she convinced me. And I thought, well, you know, if she can do it, Jodie, you know, somebody could have done it, but no, Jodie was the wrong person. It was the, for the wrong reasons. And yeah, it's, I don't know whether they're going to think twice about doing a female one or whether they're going to try again. I don't know. And, and you know, I, I won't go over it all again because I've talked about it quite a lot on, on the podcast. Mm -hmm. I will repeat that or I can accept that my belief that this character should always mm -hmm. have been played by a man, that the gender swap gimmick was completely unnecessary. That's my belief. That will always be my belief. And for me, the Doctor is a male part that will always be best played by a man. That being said, I'm big enough and I'm reasonable enough. You know, I'm a creative. I've worked in the media. I, I have written things. I know that my take on that is subjective. I know that other people's viewpoints are perfectly valid. And I am generous enough i'm i'm fair-minded enough to realize that women there are some actresses out there who could find this role within them who could play the doctor but jodie whittaker you weren't one of them let's just see how this plays out now i think we'll um we'll have plenty of time to speculate further and to uh, perform the autopsy on this era mm -hmm. it will probably be going on for the rest of our natural lives <laughs> i suspect because that's what tends to happen with doctor who we're yeah. still talking about paul mcgann's kiss in 1996 <laughs> so we, you know this is going to be something that's not going to go away no. uh, but this is obviously just our opening shot on this whole subject so much more is still to come one other thing i wanted to remind you about though sarah before mm -hmm. we wrap this up is that we talked a few weeks ago about the casting of one particular actress for series 13 for these eight episodes. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, I believe that this is cast iron nailed on now that, uh, and we think we went, this, went with this in around November, that Parminda Nagra yeah. is playing the Doctor in series 13. Now, I, I've been saying for a very long time that in series 13, you know, this is on the podcast, it's on the live show, so it's all there for people to hear. In series 13, that uh, Chris Chibnall will introduce one, probably two, maybe even more forgotten doctors. It would seem to be that Parminder Nagra has been cast as a forgotten doctor. That's what we've assumed. Mm -hmm. But, you know, maybe, and I have to say that perhaps this is, you know, she's been cast as a doctor. You know, the mm -hmm. tweets, were t tweets were taken down from other actors, people who would be in the know. You know, it's virtually 100% that Parminder's playing the Doctor in Series 13. Has she secretly been cast, John Bishop style, in advance? Has she potentially been cast as Jodie Whittaker's replacement? It seems unlikely to me, because the commitment to a role like this is so whole, and it's going to take up, you know, 10 months of somebody's year filming it. So it seems unlikely to me. But it's not impossible, is it? What, what do you think um, about the Parminder Nagra situation? It's not impossible. I mean, if you look at, you know, Jenna Coleman, maybe it's testing the waters. Maybe she's coming as a future incarnation. Yeah. Um, to be honest, and I don't really care. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it is hard. It does I've, really seen, hard. I've seen her in other things. She's a brilliant actress. I like her. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't interest me. It, it can cast whoever he wants as a doctor but for me there's only there's only 12 doctors <laughs> that's all i've got to say i think that's a perfectly reasonable position to have but mm -hmm. i think it's only only fair that we do remind people that mm -hmm. uh, and we didn't break this i can't remember who broke this first can't wait to see how this all plays out. I, I'm not particularly interested in what, like you say, I'm not particularly interested in what happens in Doctor Who itself because as long as Chris Chibnall's running the show, th this man clearly is not going to give up on his agenda anytime soon. 
and he seems to have free reign to destroy, to to weaken, and to just to piss people off in the way that he's he's want to do. So yeah, whatever goes on on screen is sort of by the by. What's going on off screen, I'm a little bit more interested in, and will continue to watch and listen. If the BBC are smart, they need to really pay attention to what's going off with Disney at the moment, as with the Mandalorian series too. If uh, CBS All Access or Paramount Plus, whatever they're going to call themselves, if they were smart, they'd be looking at the Mandalorian. If the BBC <laughs> were smart and you didn't have the license fee, which meant you'd got this massive pot of billions already and guaranteed, then they should be looking at the Mandalorian as well. And they should be thinking about how they could potentially walk some of this nonsense back and reconnect with what's left of the Doctor Who audience while we are still relatively still (laughs) invested in the brand. The fact that we still talk about it, the fact that we still make content about it, the fact that we latch on to other things, good stuff out there that people are doing, either licensed stuff like uh, the canine official stuff or Mm. Big Finish or other fan projects that capture our imaginations and that they're the things that are pushing Doctor Who forward into 2021 I'm going to be watching. For all we know, a new angle to this story, it may have broken while we've been recording this. It's very, very early days. We may get a denial, but I don't think we will. I think this is actually going to happen. And happy days may well be here because, yes, although Jodie Whittaker's departure will not solve the problem, we have two or three problems compounding on top of one another. Stick with us for more talk about it. We'll get you through. Or you can get us through. Bit of both, eh? If happy days are indeed here again, you're going to want to start planning your party. So, yes, stock up on the booze, just like Starry-Eyed Girl here. You want to get the big bottles and the small bottles, Uh, alcoholic or non-alcoholic, it doesn't really matter. A bit bit of bubbly, uh, a bottle of of schlur for the kids maybe, whatever they fancy, get it all in, treat the family. I think I think we've had enough fun for now. It's serious crying again. Yeah, is there anything else you want to plug? Where where can people see and hear you next, Sarah? I've sort of lost track. I can't keep up. <laughs> can't keep up. She's everywhere. Just imagine how it's going to be when it actually is news. When it's not rumor anymore. When it's when it is news. You know, let's let's be realistic. That could be quite a long time. Yeah. The Daily Mirror they broke the news that Bradley Walsh was going to be in Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. nearly a full calendar year before the press call confirming that Bradley Walsh was going to be in Doctor yeah. Who. We may not hear about Jodie Whittaker's departure until next September. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's quite likely. But the ripples, the fact there's no denial, the acceptance out there, even from Jodie Whittaker fans who know in their heart of hearts, they know deep down this hasn't worked. Time is up this has got more coverage than the actual episode. <laughs> you more know, people it's, have it's, talked about Doctor Who in the last 24 to 48 hours than they have since Rosa, since week three of series 11. And it's not stopping. Yes, they've got the, the, silly, the silly suggestions are coming thick and fast already. We know, we know this. We know the drill. That's all part of the fun, I think, Sarah. I we have to start doing another bingo again. Chris Marshall will get mentioned again and the usual substance. Team Chris, Team Marshall. I'm going to get, yeah, I'm going to get the T-shirt for Chris Marshall. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, I think that does wrap us up for now. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Next time on Type 40, a Doctor Who podcast. Well, I should say I did enjoy the last series and I've had I've had sort of a bit of a time away from Doctor Who. You've got essentially four companions for this episode and trying to do that, especially when we're in like 45 minute episodes is, is quite hard. And you've got the, the, the four companions here, plus Robertson and Leo, we're seeing quite a bit of and I think it's really hard to try and fit all of that in. Because Bradley is one of my favourite actors. I think he's brilliant. But um, I just think there was a slight downward turn in his um, in his just sort of like caring about the show. Personally, I mean, I, I, I could be wrong. This is only my own opinion. But um, there was just something kind of dead behind the eyes with him. The way the world is today and with a lot of other things, I'm starting to think Christian Mill's writing scared. I think he's writing... To please try and please certain dynamics, but in the process, he's lost his own writing voice. 
the more time that has passed with this run on Doctor Who, and I go back and watch old episodes of Torchwood he wrote and things like that, you can see it's it's like it's a it's a different person. Yeah. I I felt that the Doctor needs to have the conversation with Yaz of, uh, you can spend the rest of your life with me, but I can't spend the rest of my life with you. Um, it, yeah. it felt like kind of that she's yeah moved moved on from that and i was and i was curious about that they shoved in it felt to me a bit expositionally at that little speech of jack's but i'm kind of then forgetting how long it's been since jack's been in the show properly if you're you know eight to twelve years old watching this you know casually and you're not going back and watching M everything you've got no idea who jack or any of this is and so yeah. it does it does need to get sort of thrown in like right that's it crack on yeah so i'm not saying that she shouldn't have missed the doctor but I think that the character with her civic civic duty, what would have been truer to her is if she had have returned to the police force during those 10 months and channeled that rather than sitting around like some sort of lovesick schoolgirl with a crush on teacher. Yeah, that, that would have been an amazing uh, thing for a companion to go through. But again, that would have been entertaining. And that's that, Simon. We all love rumours, don't we? Do we? Don't we? I think the trick is in managing our expectations, isn't it? Well, I don't think you can be a Doctor Who fan and, and not love rumours, in all honesty, because because they've been around since time immemorial. Because I'm always interested to hear the latest rumours. I think the difference now is, and I don't know whether this is an age thing or whether <laughs> um, it's simply because we've grown wise to it, but whereas back in the day, you, you know, decades ago, I would have I would have absorbed and, and devoured those rumours and got excited over them and wanted them to happen. Now, I think we're all a little bit more jaded, or as I say, maybe it's just an age thing, and you hear the rumours now, and I almost sort of gloss over them. It's not that I ignore them, I'm taking them all in, but now it's very much a case of, well, it, it's out there, I'll wait and see if it actually comes to anything, or, and, and if not, I think we take, I, I certainly, I don't know about you, but I certainly take stuff now with a pinch of salt and wait to see what's going to happen about anything. Yeah. I think it's a positive thing that we can still invest and sort of recast the next Doctor in our heads and have some fun with that, whether we're talking about Hugh Jackman like we were earlier on or anybody else that we're keeping an eye on on British or world TV and just think sort of what if, what if, weigh up those possibilities for where the series and the character could go in the near future or the long distance future. Yeah, I think, I think the thing is with Doctor Who, and, and, and it isn't just Doctor Who, it, it, it's, it's any sort of genre stuff and science fiction in particular, because the people like us that watch it, really hardcore fans, again, like you and I, we're investing more in it than it is. It, it's not a passive thing. It's not like just watching Coronation Street or, or, or British Bake Off or whatever it might be. We're investing more in it, and so as a result, you're going to have more of an interest in what's coming up, what, what might be coming up. So it, it's far more than just a passive viewing. It's it is more. It's more of an active process, I think, watching Doctor Who. So we are invested in knowing what's going to happen in this yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. We, we turn up for our team, and as I was saying to Sarah earlier on this idea that it is just a tv show and people say it's just a tv show why do you get so invested in it why do you get so upset about it why do you get so excited about it sorry but if you think that doctor who is just a tv show you are in the wrong place <laughs> we are here for everybody we are here for everybody but i can't i just can't relate to that at all uh, but yes uh, just to just to remind you though that obviously yeah we are very excited you know you can hear sarah and i talk about it earlier on we're very excited about the prospects for a renewal of doctor who maybe if it happens we're very excited about the departure of Jodie Whittaker from the lead role. That being said, you may have really enjoyed the last two series. And you know what? Good luck to you. We're really, really pleased for you. We are here just as much for you as everybody else. Doctor Who is a place that we all go to. And I'm sure that that version of Doctor Who, in one form or another, it will always be there for you, just the same as the Tom Baker era is there for us, or the William Hartnell era, or the David Tennant era, or whatever else, as Doctor Who itself moves forward, travels forward. There's the old girl kicking in again, calling time on another edition of the show. I'll be back with an X-Type 40 soon. It's that review of the New Year special. Look out for that wherever you found this 
maybe it was on the brand new Type 40 podcast feed hosted at type40.podbean.com. By popular demand, they're our brand new feed. Now we're even easier to find. Search for us over on Apple Podcasts, of course, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Play, or the Podbean app, and tune in, all those other places. And don't forget, over on YouTube, the world's largest streaming platform. We're still on the Fandom Podcast Network's incredible master feed with all those other great genre shows. As ever, you can get in touch with us through our social media, Instagram and Twitter at Type40DoctorWho or even Type40DoctorWho at gmail.com. And finally, if you're feeling really, really brave and fancy some extra-dimensional talk, step into the Type40 Facebook group. Simon, where can people get in touch and hear more from you? People can always come and find me on Facebook if they look for Doctor Who The Hoonatics, W-H-O-N-A-T-I-C-S. They will find a really lively group on there. Come and say hello on there, and I'm, I'm the admin on there, so you can say hello to me there. Thanks again to Sarah Graham. She'll be back soon. She'll be back again soon for a book review episode. I don't think we've done one of those before. That's my fault. I had to, I had to learn to read something other than comic books, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, that's coming up. But in the meantime, you can find me. I'm scattered across uh, all of space and time, though, mostly on Twitter and Instagram as the Spacebook, where I'm wheezing and groaning and posting about whatever catches my eye, imagination, or both in popular culture, inside and outside of the TARDIS. There's links to all of that in the show notes. We always have the time. If you have the space here on Type 4 to keep listening to us, obviously, and to those rumours. Bye-bye. Type 40, a Doctor Who podcast, is a space book production for the Fandom Podcast Network with music by Problem Being.